All right. Welcome, everyone, to He's Done It, a mostly sports podcast. I'm Corey Novotny, and I'm joined this week, as always, by my co-host, Brian Wells. In this week's episode, we'll talk about NFL like we normally do, but we'll start off with the most important topic there, and that is addressing Buffalo Bills' safety to Mar Hamlin and the scary situation that unfolded in Cincinnati on Monday night. Just give our reactions to everything involving that uh, before transitioning into actual football talk with NFL Week 18 set to go down this weekend. Lots of playoff implications. We'll talk about all the biggest games that have big meanings for the rest of January and February. And we'll also talk college football as the semifinals took place on New Year's Eve. Two incredible games. TCU versus Georgia in the national championship game. We'll give our thoughts on everything involving that. And finally, we'll wrap up this episode on a positive note, talking about the things that we're most looking forward to in 2023 in our top five. So with that, let's get started. So this episode is coming out later than normal for us for at least the NFL this time of year. We normally try to react to games from the previous week uh, as close to immediately as possible. But, uh, you know, we we are not paid to do this. We're not professionals. Nobody is saying we need to give our instant reactions to everything that happens in the sports world. And this is a situation that, it felt uncomfortable to try to talk about this right away while we're there's still so much information to figure out. And that's why we chose to wait. Um, of course, talking about the DeMar Hamlin incident, Monday Night Football in Cincinnati, in the middle of a game, on the field, going into cardiac arrest, just a scary situation. And at this point, the news is encouraging from his family, the doctors, that all things are trending in a positive direction. And uh, well, there's still more to go. Like that's certainly a good thing, but it's also like just like a crazy situation, just like a, a terrifying thing to think about. Just one of those moments where it's like some things are bigger than sports. And then th- this is one where sports is just a total backseat. Oh, yeah. It just felt totally irrelevant. And yeah, it wasn't. I didn't think it was a good idea to do it on Tuesday, just like what you always do, just because we didn't know how the rest of the week would go because, like I mentioned earlier, that there was a much darker cloud on Monday night and and then Tuesday. There was just all the attention, deservedly so, should be on uh, DeMar Hamlin's health, and, and there was a lot of uncertainty on whether or not you know we could play the games this week for week 18 if we needed to delay the games or like not just Buffalo New England but also maybe just the rest of the league in general and but it looks like it's encouraging news it's definitely a step in the right direction from the reports today that he's 
awake and he was able to you know write down a message not, yeah not he's talk. able to communicate he's able to communicate in write. some sort of way uh-huh. and so he's obviously not out of the woods completely in terms of you know like oh i'm i'm up and i'm ready to go or yeah back like to that. like normal and uh-huh but at least he's it's a step in the right direction he's awake and communicating some sort of way but obviously a long way to go because you know the guy almost died on, yeah i mean he basically did die. He basically I mean, did he die. had to be and resuscitated he, on the field which is just insane to think about when 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 the injury happened, you know, I kind of just figured, all right, like this is just a, you know, typical NFL injury and they're going to stop play for a bit, but then they'll go back to playing. And then, and then the ESPN broadcast, they went to commercial after commercial break. Like by the time it got to the third or fourth one, I'm just thinking, all right, like this is not a normal situation. Like something really is up. And then the more and more information that comes out about how they need to give him CPR and she's like, all right, like this is, this is serious. This is, this is not, uh, and, and then even Zach Taylor, uh, the, co- co- the coach, uh, the Bengals coach, he even talked about how, you know, he went to McDermott and, and before, before he went to McDermott, he, he was talking with the assistant coaches and he's like, this is not, this is not, uh, this is not good. Like this is something mm-hmm. se- more serious than a typical injury. And he went over to McDermott, and then McDermott talked about how, like, I can't coach. I got to be there for DeMar at the hospital. And so that's when he knew it was for real. And, you know, a lot – one thing to mention, though, uh, so they postponed the game, and then it looks like they won't even resume the game whatsoever. The, the NFL got a lot of backlash from that whole incident, and I kind, I'm kind of surprised by it because they – they made. They ultimately made the right decision. Like I know it took a little they, bit of oh, time, yeah. it, but uh-huh. this is not. <laughs> it, there's there's, there's no like real situation. protocol. You gotta, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm. I was surprised by maybe just people want to just get mad about something. Yeah, I think that's more it was. Is people wanted to give like this angry reaction because it's like we're seeing this thing that nobody has ever where not many people have seen before. It's it's very rare for something like this to happen, especially like within the NFL context. And I think that people were just like, how do you not postpone this right away? Like, why is there all these questions? Like, this should be an easy call, everything. And I, I think that... Like you said, it's it's such a difficult situation because there's no there's no like playbook. There's no, for there's no playbook on how do we what do we do when someone is uh, receiving CPR and needs to go to the hospital and yeah. And I I think ultimately like there should be a lot of praise for the way things are happening in terms of like the Bills trainers and everyone being able to immediately respond like having saved. the defibrillators. Yeah, his life it, was right? saved and and they made the right ultimately made the right decision on p- suspending the game and so I. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, the only one thing I question, though, is like, so Joe Buck said multiple times in the broadcast that, that all right, we're going to go back to playing. And I don't think he would just make that up out of nowhere. I'm sure no. he, he, uh, someone's telling him in his ear that. that we're going to get back to playing. And I guess that's the one thing I question like, about the NFL. Did someone from the NFL tell Joe Buck or whomever, like, we're going to get back to playing soon? I don't think the NFL... You know, it's thinking like, oh, we're you know we're gonna we're gonna screw these players over and we're gonna get back to playing. Like we don't care about the health. We just care about our money. Yeah. Our money. Like I don't think they're doing that. I just think that they needed to take some time on figure out what to do. And so 
No, I agree. I think that it was like that is the typical protocol when there's a major injury is, you know, play stops, players come out, they're, you know, checking on their teammate and then it's like five minutes to warm up and you, you get back out there and resume. And I, I think that in the moment, a lot of people involved didn't fully understand what was happening. Uh, so I, yeah, could things have been better? There's probably a more perfect way that things could have been handled. But I think in terms of like the ultimate outcome, like it, it's, it's hard to look back and say like the NFL really botched anything. Um, and it, it's also like the context of this game, I think, kind of matters in the way it was handled because this is built up as the game of the year. Oh, Two yeah. top teams in the AFC, it, Monday Night Football, everyone's it, watching. It's like you want to be able to play this game. So I think that also played a factor in like this idea of needing to resume and get back out there or at least taking their time before making a decision to completely stop it and say we're not getting back out there tonight. Yeah, obviously the biggest focus should be on DeMar Hamlin's health and the severity of it, but... Yeah, it was a big game. This wasn't just a typical, you know, one o'clock game between two bad teams that that no one's really paying attention to. Like this was two of the three best teams in the AFC and maybe arguably the entire league facing off Monday Night Football prime time where everyone's watching. And in week seventeen, the week right before the the last week of the season. So yeah, like this was a huge game, and but rightfully they given the situation they had to postpone it and so yeah yeah and i guess one thing that i i hadn't thought about hadn't really seen until i think it was under like a twitter comment the next day where someone was like i'm i was at the game as a Bengals fan everyone was psyched out about this game everyone's going crazy in the tailgates and i don't know if this was actually a reason but waiting an hour after the incident happened to officially cancel it might have saved some people from driving home when they weren't in a condition to because this happened in the first quarter like these are people like fresh out of the the parking lots at this point i don't know if that's really what a factor like that went into this was or if it's just kind of a possible positive thing that came out of it but that that is one thing that was brought up where it's like okay maybe that is a reason why the nfl decided to take longer than fans would have liked to officially postpone it but i think there's also just like a lot of like trying to assess the situation and like that wasn't the immediate thing of like are we going to play this game or not like we want to get as much detail what's going on with tomorrow what's going on with his health what's going on with these players and the idea of them going out and playing after something like that happened was just a totally never would have made sense yeah no no player could be in a right state of mind playing football in in that situation there have been situations in the past where uh, i I forgot the soccer player's name christian erickson Erickson, Erickson, yeah he Uh had a, a situation very similar but they postponed the game for two hours and then went back to playing and yeah, and he was in the hospital, like posting photos of like him okay. And I think that was when they waited and said, "Okay, we can resume this. We know that he's in a good state." We never right. got that with Demar Hamlin on right. Monday night. Yeah. So even though there have been similar situations, I, I think uh, his might have been more severe just because he wasn't, you know, nearly as responsive uh, as. Yeah. Exactly. Which I, I think, I mean, that that's ultimately what the big thing was. Was like you, you have no idea what's going on. There was no update, no like positive or negative update at all. Like there wasn't anything. It was just like a lot of uncertainty in the yeah, situation. The, another thing to mention about the, you know, ESPN. I obviously, you know, Joe Buck had to relay the information that he was given, and then you know, S- Scott Van Pelt and Ryan Clark did an amazing job. 
uh, yep, covering the aftermath uh, for over an hour uh, on on the situation. Uh, I guess one thing to mention though, like I, they 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 went back to Susie Kalber, Booger McFarlane, and Adam Schefter, and I kind of wish they gave a little bit more information. I kind of I mean, there was just so much uncertainty. I mean, mm-hmm. but you knew something was something was serious, something was up. But you know, they kept saying, "Oh, you know, I, I don't want even think about football. All I want to think about is Demar Hamlin and his uh, mental." Or not mental, uh, yeah, health situation. It's physical health. Physical, yeah, yeah, physical situation. Uh-huh. Yeah, health situation. Thank you. Yeah, and which I totally get, but they kept saying that over and over again after, you know, co- after commercial break, after another. And it's just, I want to know more information <laughs> regarding. I know, I know. Besides there that, just wasn't up. anything. Yeah, there like wasn't a whole lot to give, and I, I think there were there were a lot of complaints about the broadcast because of that. But it's just like they, it's they also a hard to situation say. to be put in too. Oh, yeah. It's not something they anticipated, you know, 30 minutes before the game, they're doing pregame show to have to come in and talk about an event on the field like that. So uh, I do I do like like the Scott Van Pelt and Ryan Clark conversation. I thought it was very powerful. That was great. Um, And and Ryan Clark was the not that they planned it, of course, but he was mm -hmm. the the right guy for that. Yeah, the most sensible. He could talk talk about his personal uh, Mm -hmm. situation. Uh, when he was a player in the NFL. Yeah, and, and I guess for context, he had a uh, sickle cell anemia as a kid um, like throughout his whole life, and um, that he had to have a gallbladder and spleen removed after playing in the altitude in Denver when he was a safety for the Steelers. And Coach Mike Tomlin would not let him go back out in Denver and play games because he almost died so like that is as, as close to a situation as you could come to for what this was um, and it, yeah I think that the way that Ryan Clark talked about it and saying things like you know we have like these hyperbole hyperboles as players about you know giving your life uh, for the game and like going to war and all that stuff and like this is a, a reality situation where it's like you say that but you don't actually think about it you have your dream and like nobody thinks about it coming to an end in a situation like that so uh, I think it was a very, very powerful conversation. And in the heat of the moment, too, like immediately after, uh, I thought it was very, very uh, impressive by him. I agree. So, um, yeah, I mean, at, at this point, we'll, we'll continue to, to hope for the best with Damar Hamlin, that the, the news continues to be encouraging and trend in a positive direction. And I, I like uh, how... I. I like how fans of and just people and anyone. Oh yeah, yeah I, I feel like everyone. We're talking about. I feel like ninety nine percent of people have handled it really well and mm-hmm. and you know have donated to his charity. Uh, Incredible! He's raised over like how much what, six million dollars. I, seven million? Last I saw was over seven million. Yeah. Like it, yeah. So I I I don't look. I'm not any sort of doctor, and I, I as a football fan, you feel kind of helpless in that situation. So I just mm-hmm. thought. Like yeah, donating to his charity and retweeting it, and and it's it's awesome that a lot of people have donated to it. Yeah, I mean he, yeah. he's a Pittsburgh guy. Like there's there's been a, a lot of connections to Pittsburgh, and he's someone who had a ton of offers, could have gone anywhere, decided to stay close to home, and because of that connection, I've I've certainly seen a ton. Um, you know, just about who he is as a just a person, not even just as a football player. And he definitely is a great person that, you know, it, it's easy to want to kind of donate to his cause. And you'd only hope that it's only a matter of time before he finds out how much that, uh, you know, GoFundMe is up to because that is uh, really special. And I think it was his uncle who said that, you know, he'll have the opportunity, which is something that most people don't get to hear what people 
think about him and like have words to say. And that's like such a, a cool experience because a lot of that stuff you only hear after someone passes away. Um, but you know, to, to be able to live through something like that and, and hear what everyone was saying in your, your darkest hours is, it would be pretty special. So it was, uh, I, I love football, but I gotta say, I felt like it was only a matter of time for something this serious would happen. I, mean, I know, I know there have been situations in the past with, uh, uh, you know, Bill uh, Belichick, he talked about how he was with, when he was with the Jets, there was a situation where Reggie Brown in 1997. Yeah, had, uh, I, heard, I had heard about that. Yeah. As well. Where he was like a coach or an assistant coach, uh, during that time when that happened, like there was a player named Reggie Brown who suffered similar, a similar injury. And, and so basically what I'm trying to say is like, as great as the NFL is, it is a very violent sport and it's only getting faster too. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, and then, you know, players have complained about, you know, the turf and, and instead of grass, like turf fields and, and, you know that causes like the the ground, the surface has caused injuries to players. But now you could also make a case that you know players they run faster on turf, and so the faster you run, the 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 bigger the collisions can be. And and the I know that's what happened on Monday night was very rare, but it increases the chances of something like that happening when the players are faster than ever and there are more turf fields, which makes the players only even faster, and so and causes more. Yeah violent collisions yeah no for sure i mean everyone is saying it's like a one in a million chance like just like the perfect timing in terms of like a hit to the chest and you know there's nothing to say it can't happen again this isn't the first time it's happened in sports so because it's really a soccer or base you know if a a ball hits you in the chest yeah hockey i think chris pronger that happened to him in a hockey game yeah baseball i know i well if so commodio cordis, I think that that's the phrase that most people are saying was what happened. That was trending on Twitter, and the first tweet was from August, and it was baseball, just like a, a bat hitting somebody or, or like a ball or something like that. But right. like that, that was how it was used to describe. So something that could happen in any sport. But I agree that it's probably more likely in NFL because of like you said, all those high speed collisions and stuff. And you know, we all, we always think about concussions and other major injuries, but. Don't necessarily think about, you know, heart problems and, you know, something that can happen like this. And it, it is just a horrible reminder of, you know, the the dangers of this sport. So, um, and I, I know, like, uh, DeMar Hanlon's father told the Bills team they got to, you know, hey, his son is doing well on Wednesday night. And he, he would want them to go out and play and, like, they're ready to shift their focus to week 18 and the playoff implications and we, we don't know what will happen with that Bills Bengals game but i think it's it's reasonable to kind of start with everything that's being thrown out there of how the NFL could potentially address this situation uh, including just expanding the field to eight playoff teams and you know removing a bye or having like a neutral field conference championship game i don't know that there's a the, perfect situation there's, there's like really no perfect this. situation just because there's a game that hasn't been played and i mm-hmm. think you know, I think the NFL will all the games in week 18 will be played and then then they'll make a decision on what to do with Bills uh, Bengals. I I've, see, I've seen the 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 scenario where you know oh we'll have the NFC play uh, and, and then the Bills and Bengals play and the AFC has their bye week and then the next week the AFC plays their playoffs with the NFC having a bye week and it's just I, I don't I think the NFL when when I when I hear all these scenarios about like that and then eight playoff teams in each conference and 
or or have the AFC, uh, you know, like the one seed, like they get to decide if they want home field advantage or a bye week or whatever. It's just I think mm-hmm. I think the best way to handle it is just to make it as clean as possible and just have, you know, look, it's it's it would benefit KC a lot and really hurt Buffalo. But I think the cleanest way to handle it is just if KC gets the one seed, then so be it. And just like nothing else changes. I just everyone bring up all these scenarios. It's just it just puts my mind in a pretzel twist, and I just I kind of yeah. hate it. <laughs> Where it, I mean, it's kind of interesting to talk about, but at the same time, it's just oh, what if we do this? What if we do that? It just mm-hmm. it gets annoying after a while, and it's just how about just keep, keep think of something clean and, and and just figure it out and go from there. Yeah, huh? I mean, th- there's really no great solution no. that's not going to end up hurting somebody. You know, and I, I think that um, I, I tend to agree and that just keep everything stacked up one through seven. I am intrigued by the idea of a neutral site conference championship game to kind of remove some of those factors. But uh, I mean, there's, there's going to be somebody who's going to feel slighted in some way based on current records and whether or not they could have moved up or down in the standings. And so. unfortunately, it'll probably be the team that that lost. <laughs> their player over over mm-hmm. uh, what happened on Monday night. It'll probably be yeah. Buffalo that gets screwed over more than anybody in this situation, but I don't think there's a yeah, I mean, it's situation. like You're going to piss no, me off whatever you uh, do. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's like, it, it's also like uncomfortable to phrase it like that because it's of you know the whole situation and, and like it, it makes it, it tough to be like oh like we're so upset about how this happened because of the circumstances of why you're like that and it it is a it's a it's a difficult situation for the the NFL right now, and you know you how the it it's hard for us to kind of really speculate. So I think like if we're gonna talk about Week 18, we have to do it in the context that there's going to be seven teams for conference, that it's not gonna be any type of crazy realignment. So I guess you know with within that context of only having one team make the playoffs, let's focus on the AFC and the seven seed and. Some way, somehow, both of our teams are very much still alive to get that playoff spot, even though we've collectively written off the Patriots and the Steelers feels like ten times over the course of the year. Oh, uh, I look, look, I, I, I don't think the Patriots deserve to be a playoff team, and they have a good chance of being one, though. Uh, just depending on, so if the just to give context, to people, if if the Patriots win, they're in, but if they lose. They can still get in if Miami and Pittsburgh lose. And it's very look, Buffalo's favored, rightfully so. Mm. They're a much better team. They own the Patriots now. But obviously they're in a mental state where they're thinking about their teammate and you know, who knows what how they handle it. And then another thing is case Kansas City, the team that they're fighting for for the one the one seed for the bye, they play on Saturday and they play the Raiders who are officially out and they're not that great anyway. And so if KC were to likely beat the Raiders, they would very likely clinch the one seed, assuming, you know, the Bills Bengals game doesn't get played at all. They, they would clinch the one seed. And then who knows what Buffalo would do uh, if they, if they want to come out guns blazing and want to win for DeMar, or if they want to play it safe and, and, and not get, you know, their, their star players hurt and play Josh Allen for a half. And then, and then Case Keenum for the other half, or 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 maybe Case Keenum the, the whole game. I don't know. 
I mean, I would just add another backup quarterback to the list of backup quarterbacks that the Patriots have beaten because that's <laughs> True, all they can yeah. do. <laughs> they, they beat, uh, like, yeah, they beat Jared Goff is the only full-time starter that they've beaten this year. And Jared Goff, he's, he's been good with Detroit. I, I like him more in Detroit than in LA, but he's still not great. And so for that, that to be their best, the best quarterback that they've beaten all year is, is pretty pathetic. And it, it, it look, the Patriots could benefit again, uh, with, with, uh, with this situation. So I, they wouldn't deserve it. I mean, I would love, I value another, you know, playing another week, getting to the playoffs. It's great and all, but they don't, de- they don't deserve it. It's just really an indictment on the rest of the league, not being that great. And it, it they got to change, make some changes offensively because even though they won and they beat Miami, it's still kind of the same thing where they had to beat a backup quarterback and they, it also required them getting another pick six. <laughs> it required more help from the <laughs> yeah. defense scoring, not even the offense scoring. And so, yeah, just, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, the Patriots definitely need changes. There's been a lot of speculation about bringing back Bill O'Brien, see if he's the, you know, the former coach who can come in and actually save that offense. Uh, I was not a fan of him in Houston. He made some horrible, horrible decisions as a GM, uh, yeah. as head coach slash GM of the Texans, and didn't think he was that great of a head coach. But one thing I'll say about Bill O'Brien is that I, I think he's a good offensive mind, and he'd be a good... Oh, I think sure. he's a good offensive coordinator. I wouldn't mind him in that position. He'd be better nah, than yeah, Patricia. I, think... I certainly would take him over <laughs> Yeah, he'd certainly be an upgrade there. But, you know, that's only saying so much. Um, yeah, and I, I guess, you know, in terms of the Steelers, like, it's, it's a similar type of situation. Uh, it feels crazy to think that this team is a win away from not even just, like, making the playoffs. You're just finishing above 500 after being two and six, like regardless of the outcomes of the rest of these games, because the, the team looked completely dead. And I think that, you know, at this point, obviously it's way past like the idea of, Oh, like you get a good draft pick because they lose it. 15th is like the, the best they'd be picking it really doesn't make a difference um, at that point. But in terms of, the hope for the rest of the Steelers season after that start going into the bye, it was all about the development and growth of Kenny Pickett. And you could say wins and losses don't matter, but when the Steelers are winning games because he's leading game winning, got to have touchdown drives in the fourth quarter in really tough situations, zero degree weather week 16 in the Franco Harris game. And then at Baltimore, I know the Ravens didn't have Lamar Jackson, but it was still their normal defense. And to me, like regardless of what happens in the next week or two, like that is enough reason for me to be excited about Kenny Pickett as a Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback moving forward beyond this year. Yeah, that was, I mean, as, as a whole, that, that game, it wasn't great but mm-hmm. it was very low scoring, which is typically what how it goes when it comes to Steelers and Ravens. But the last drive was what is what counted, and he was able to, to pull through with a with a game uh, go ahead touchdown and then and and then pull off the victory. And so, yeah, I mean, I hate that the Steelers are in it and have a, <laughs> have a serious chance at making the playoffs again. But what I will say is that unlike the Patriots, at least the Steelers, you know, they're they're trending in the right direction where they're they're winning more and more games while the Patriots are really just 
crawling to the finish line. Yeah, right. They're like backing <laughs> into a playoff spot. Whereas, I mean, the Steelers, when it comes down to it, they still haven't really beat anybody that's all that great. Their best one of the season is still beating the Bengals back in September in that crazy overtime right. game. This is probably the second best win. And again, it was against a backup quarterback. And the Ravens just aren't the same team without Lamar Jackson. No. Like he's, I, It's very much proving that they need to do whatever they can to keep this guy if they want to continue to be the team that we've seen the past few years. I remember last year when he was out and Tyler Huntley came in. And I was like, I, wow, Tyler Huntley is actually putting on a show right now, even though they're not winning winning a lot of games. But he was actually a serviceable backup. Like, do they really need Lamar? But after this year, the way Huntley, Huntley has played, it's like, yeah, the, he's he's not the guy, even though he's a serviceable mm-hmm. backup. He, yeah, he can't, I think, he can't I think actually that's, replace Lamar. <laughs> no, no, that that's very much what he has played himself into. And uh, I mean, it, last year yeah, he played great, and they lost their last six games of the season. And even that, I guess, great to an extent. Um, and this year, it's turning out somewhat similarly. Not quite the bad losing streak. They're still going to make the playoffs, but. Yeah, I mean, Lamar Jackson is is very much, uh, you know, proving by not playing how much he needs to be out there. And I, I think that he is genuinely injured and it's not just like him oh, for sure. trying to yeah. help out his contract, but it, it certainly should help him at the negotiating table in the next few months. Yeah. That, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, obviously that's, that's a, a ways away. Like there's still more to kind of talk about within the NFL playoff context. So one thing, there, there is a scenario where the Jaguars could also get in as a seven seed if all those teams lose. But I think that most people at this point think they are going to, you know, beat the Titans on Saturday night and like the Steelers go from two and six to nine and eight. And you know, I guess potentially like the Steelers go from two and six to nine and eight and making the playoffs, which is incredible turnaround given where that franchise has been the past couple of years. Yeah. Great second half for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And yeah, they're likely to win this game. Just, just given the way the Titans, the both teams are trending. The Jags are one of the hottest teams in the league right now, but the Titans are just blowing right now. They've lost six bad. in a row now, and they don't have yep. Tannehill any, anymore. And they can't even play Malik Willis just because he's clearly not ready. And they yeah. have to play Josh Dobbs. Yeah, Josh Dobbs better. off the street, and he's actually going to be the <laughs> the Week 18 uh-huh. starter uh, to deter- determine if they can get into the playoffs or not, which is just insane. And yeah, I, I don't I don't like how Tennessee is trending right now, and uh, I I would definitely think Jacksonville has a much better chance of winning that game, especially being at yeah. home too. Yeah, I know, and I I agree with that. You know, I I've obviously been high on the Titans for most of the season, and I thought for sure they would win the AFC South. You know, especially with how how bad Jacksonville was amongst the other two teams in that division, and. I don't know. I don't really have an explanation for what happened to them. Obviously, losing Ryan Tannehill has kind of put them in this current spot. But you know, things they look so that, good against the Packers on Thursday I, I, night. I'm not going to deny that's part of it. Like, yeah, I'm not the biggest Tannehill fan, but at least he's a quarterback. At least he can yeah, throw right. the football, uh, uh-huh. unlike Malik Willis. And then, and then Josh Dobbs. He looked he looked okay. Uh, versus who did they play last? Thursday? The Cowboys. The Cowboys. Yeah. They, yeah, he looked, he looked fine. Just given his his current situation, where he just got uh-huh. you know signed and like, hey, you have to go out there and start. Uh, he looked he looked decent for the spot he was in, but that's uh, at the same time, it's still not good enough uh, mm-hmm. to you know win football games. No, I mean it. It yeah, most likely not. It would be kind of crazy for the Titans to pull this off. Derrick Henry would have to run wild. Is really the <laughs> the best scenario <laughs> He'd have to there, be like so. that. Game versus New England in the wild card round where yeah right where Tannehill throws seventy two passing yards but 
Derrick Henry runs for over 200 rushing yards and just carries them. Uh-huh. Yeah, so we'll see what happens um, with that one. But it it is it makes for some interest in the AFC playoffs. So we didn't necessarily expect, and I guess we haven't really talked about the Dolphins, who you know not that long ago we were calling them like the, the third best the team. Best, they were yeah, they, they were the at AFC one point. And, they were they were contention for the division at one point. Yeah, they're very much has... like Super Bowl contenders not that long ago. And people people are saying that teams have figured out Mike McDaniel and I I think I think part of it's just uh some of the some of the losses that they've had are were to teams that I think that they're not as good as like San Francisco obviously mm-hmm. I think they're better than Miami and then the Chargers at full strength I think are arguably better than Miami and 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 they won on Sunday night that week and but then they also lost Tua for you know, for a couple games like this past New England game, one thing I forgot to mention is that, you know, if you if you told me, you know, before before the Cincinnati, Miami, and Buffalo games that you know if they were to get you know one of them, you know, win one of those games and be against Miami, it's like all right, that's a great win. But they <laughs> they didn't even play Tua, <laughs> and then Teddy uh, Bridgewater gets hurt, and they and they they're playing Skylar Thompson who sucks, and so I think yeah, I think part of it's they ran to some teams that are better than them in my opinion, but. They they also lost Tua and 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 I think it's I think it's hurt them of course losing your starting quarterback. Oh no, it it definitely has. I mean they they are not the same team without him. And, and, and yeah, he was struggling a little going into those games, but I, I mean, he looked very good against Buffalo given the weather in that game. And he right, got off to too. a good start against the Green Bay Packers, and then there's a lot of unclarity. Here's when the concussion actually happened. Like everyone's saying that it was after he became concussed that he started to throw all those interceptions and fall apart. But yeah, it, it's, it's still kind of a lot it's of a combination of for the dolphins moving forward. It's a combination of teams that they've lost to are better than them, but yeah, some of it has to do with to his injury and his, yeah, his concussion where, like you said, in the green Bay game. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he didn't play well, but when was he concussed in that game? Uh, and then, and then another thing is defensively, uh, the Patriots. Yes, they beat them, but they're missing Xavier Howard and and Bradley Chubb. Those are their two best players on defense. <laughs> That's yeah, they've dealt a with a ton of defensive injuries. Yeah, it's like there's reports saying that Mike McDaniel could be on the hot seat already if the Dolphins don't crazy. make the playoffs. It, which, like, if any franchise were to do something like that, I think Miami's the team just based on their their track record. But it, it is. I agree that I think it's crazy just given everything that the Dolphins have gone through he, this year. He's um, now not in the running for coach of the year anymore, especially yeah, since no they're chance. on the verge of being eliminated, but I still think he's done a good job there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I do too. And I, I think he at least deserves another chance to kind of, you know, get back next year and see how things are. If, you know, health can be a, a better situation. For <laughs> Go from candidate for coach of the year to being on the hot seat within a, Span of what a few weeks is pretty like a month, yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty crazy. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> definitely not expected. In you know on Thanksgiving, and here we are in twenty twenty three, wondering if he'll still be there in a week. So, uh, I guess from the from the AFC side, that that's really the big thing. You know, that just given a lot of the uncertainty with the Buffalo Cincinnati game, there's only so much you can really get into with those top teams. But the NFC, there's still some things to be decided and remarkably the number one seed in the nfc east is one of those if, if you told me that the eagles 
or or, the, or excuse me, the NFC East would be the last division to have a clinched winner and not the NFC South. <laughs> that that would have blown uh-huh. my mind because the Bucks were uh, they they looked like they were trending towards not even winning the division. And Philadelphia has been one of the best, if not the best, team in the league. And but but Dallas, they just keep they keep trending up and they keep they keep fighting for that spot. And I still think Philly is going to ultimately win the division, but just the fact that it's still uh, a, a it's a question in week 18 that that's pretty pretty wild yeah i think a lot of it comes down to the jalen hurts injury like i think week 16 i'm not totally convinced that if hurts plays that game the cowboys don't yeah, still find a way to there, win given there were a how lot of scoring turnover. it was and yeah there were a lot yeah. of t- turnovers but some of them weren't even on Minshew. uh the, some of the interceptions were just great plays by the dallas uh, Dallas is secondary, and then which we know is very good. Like they have a great defense. Yeah, and then they had a couple fumbles that were on the running backs, and so uh, I think, I think Minshew did. I think he was good in that game. Uh, yes, he again for like three or fifty yards. So. Yeah, and he had several touchdowns and you know a couple uh-huh. to Devonte and and he, yeah he looked he looked fine in that game. Uh, yes, the New Orleans game that one was a little bit more. Concerning. That was much more. Yes, yeah. like that is one where like I don't think they lose if Jalen Hurts plays. Right. So. Yeah, that that one was the um, more that, That's why ones. they're in this situation now. Yeah. So, and they're playing the Giants week 18. The Giants have nothing to play for given that they're locked in the 6 seed, which is remarkable on its own. Oh, <laughs> it's mean, crazy. The Giants <laughs> they, they do not have a playoff roster. <laughs> not at all. No, and it's like I think both of us were kind of like saying, you know, going into the year early in the season as they're winning games it was like not shocking for them to be like better than they've been the past yeah, that, few we seasons, thought they'd be but better. we did not expect a playoff to. No. I I thought they'd yeah. be better for sure because the coaching upgrade on its uh, alone was going to make them yeah, a better I mean, team. It, Brian Dable is it, probably the coach of the year at this point. Like it's been thrown out at various times, but it, it feels like he should win. Just like you said, based on the roster, just not being a playoff roster and him being able to lead them to this spot. Yeah. It, what's funny is that they're, they're a playoff team, but I, and look, Daniel Jones, he's turning the ball over less, but at the same time, it's, is he really the guy? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. This is, I mean, that is a huge question. Like that is one of the biggest things to figure out this offseason because there's certainly an argument to say he should be rewarded for what he's done this season. But I agree. Is he really the guy? Like I, I think that the type of contract he were to get would need to be pretty low on guarantees. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it could be very similar to like the Blake Bortles Jaguars situation where they paid him a contract that they were able to get out of after a year when things didn't go as well in 2018. I could totally see that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that's the most reasonable approach they should take because the, the Giants, they've they've been good this year. Daniel Jones has been like, he's played well, especially given the fact that he doesn't have any like legitimate star weapons at you know the wide receiver position yeah hodgins obviously, is their Saquon number one guy having, yeah right <laughs> obviously Saquon Barkley's having until... a great season I just out of nowhere yeah he starts scoring touchdowns comes up on the graphic and games like who is this guy yeah and then Darius so. Slayton has made a some sort of a a bit of a comeback uh, from from declining mm-hmm. years too, and so yeah, I did see a stat that uh, Kenny Galladay needs seventy six catches this week to, <laughs> to reach his his incentive. Oh, uh, he, he that's that's the worst. That's that's arguably the worst contract in the league. I can't think of one that's. Oh, I take it, it back, is. Russell Wilson. But, I mean, Russell Wilson. Yeah, <laughs> but but in terms it's of the receivers, worst non quarterback, your yeah, worst yeah. non quarterback, it's got to be Kenny Galladay. Yeah, I still remember when like. 
the hashtag Kenny Galladay was trending with the NYG capitalized. Like the Giants fans wanted him so badly, and they regretted it every single second since he signed there. So, yeah. Um, I mean, definitely a, a cool story with them. I, I do expect them to play enough backups or even just the Eagles at home, like to be better than the Giants, even if they play their starters, to be able to win and get that one seed. Um, and, you know, that would push Dallas into a matchup with Tampa as the NFC South champs. And, you know, I guess kind of going back to week 17 now, the, the Bucks that was the best their offenses looked all year. Like that Bucks team is capable of doing things in the playoffs. I don't know if they can repeat it again, but... You know, the, the evidence is there for people to kind of start to believe that, okay, maybe this is close to the team we thought they'd be before the season started. Well, Mike Evans has done nothing for two months, and then all of a sudden just blew three up. Touchdowns. <laughs> three <Yeah>. touchdowns, <laughs> 200 receiving yards. Where, where was that all year? He right. hadn't scored a touchdown. He, he's been a touchdown machine in his career, but he hadn't scored a touchdown since week four versus Kansas City. And so, uh, yeah, it, He's he's been invisible for pretty much most of this season, and now, yeah. If 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 he were if he were to step up like he did, I mean, he he doesn't have to repeat those numbers, but if he can just mm-hmm. be, you know, make a difference <laughs> like he did in the Carolina game, then yeah, the Bucks. If if they if their offense looks like that, then they can certainly have a shot at, uh, you know, winning a playoff game, and who knows what happens after that. Yeah, I mean that's always been the question with this team. It's like the defense is good enough. It's the it's offense not great, but it's good enough. Yeah. yeah, no, the offense just hasn't been there, and it, they're they're getting healthier. They're getting some offensive line pieces back, with Tristan which is Wirfs massive, and, of course. Yeah, Ryan Jensen, which I don't know how he'll be after not playing all season, but you got to think he'll he'll help at least a little there. So uh, I'm definitely taking them a little more seriously than I have the past couple weeks, where I've been like very quick to to write that team off. Oh, they so. look terrible, but I, I just, it, there's definitely Brady bias, but I've, I, I've, I haven't given up complete hope on, on, on Tampa, just even though it has looked terrible at times, especially, yeah, the, mean, that, especially Christmas, that, that freaking game where yeah, right. they're, they're playing against, uh, who, who was it? Arizona. Trace McSorley. Oh yeah. Trace McSorley. Yep. Uh-huh. Against a Cardinals team has nothing like absolutely nothing to play for. And it's actually a close game. They were up by 10 in the fourth quarter. And it's not yeah, because it's of what they were time. doing offensively outside of, I guess, James Conner. But like that, that game. 16 to 6. They, I they mean. did win. They, they, they uh, finally came through with a win, but that was pathetic for at least three quarters of that game. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was, I was really when the Bucs look Tampa. bad, they look, they look awful. Yeah. Like they, they've had so many games throughout the season that they just look terrible. Well, even and, this past uh, yeah. game, uh, yes, they won and had that explosion from Mike Evans, but Carolina got to a fourth quarter. Yeah. Carolina got off to a 14, nothing start. Like, Oh, Oh, great here we go <laughs> like this might yeah, actually it was, be for the it was 21 to 10 you know a minute into the fourth quarter when they scored and yeah next thing you know it's 24 21 because the box offense figured it out right so yeah um i mean i guess you know the panthers are gonna be another team with a lot of questions to figure out uh you know whether steve wilkes comes back like it feels somewhat similar to the raiders situation last year when rich Passaccia came into an impossible situation filling in for John Gruden, took him to the playoffs. Steve Wilkes wasn't quite able to accomplish that, but 
there's an it's argument still a miracle to be made that, that they were even in contention with giving exactly, up their like, best players. <laughs> yeah, right. After trading Christian McCaffrey and just looking like a an awful team at you know one and four, and they fired Matt Rule. I, I'm still not convinced. I think that you know it, it where they go from here is going to be huge in terms of them being able to you know continue to look like this and really take the next step because there's a lot of good pieces in in Carolina if they make the right moves this offseason but yeah quarterback that, is always a, a question one. mark and who knows i mean does is it's sam darnold like does he continue there like did, did he do enough to at least give him a a reason to bring him back for another year yeah so. yeah that that i think he's done enough to st- you know, stay another year and possibly be a star. I think uh, probably the the right situation for them would be to bring back Sam Darnold, but also try to get one of those top quarterbacks yeah, in the draft. That's what I was just about means to say. moving up. Yeah, to have that safety net, but also not have to force that guy into playing week one. So where do they do they have their first round pick? Or do they you do? Know? Yeah, okay. they well, have. Do, they do, do, do have their first round pick. I'd imagine it's like in the top ten, but not top five. They're, yeah, well, a... they're six and ten. They they play New Orleans this week, which is you know they lose. That's good for their draft position. I don't. Who knows where it's actually going right. to stack up? I don't know where it is in mock drafts, but I do think they'll be in a position to at least maneuver like a little to go up and get someone. I, I don't know if you know Anthony Richardson or whoever ends up being the fourth quarterback outside of those top three guys is like the guy that they should be that's, picking. That's, but that's why that's why I brought that up is because okay, I think the the plan would be to keep Darnold but draft a guy, but then I think to myself, well well they can't get any of those top guys, could they? And so mm-hmm. if they couldn't, they would have to like with their pick, I mean, like they would have to trade up or they would just have to you take, Which, take like, someone else or, thing or, to do. or trade for Zach yeah. Wilson. You know, another, yeah, another, I was going to say, yeah, have Darnold and Zach Wilson. Jets and quarterback, the quarterback that, did, that didn't work out. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's possibilities that they can go, but uh, they, they're definitely going to be an interesting team uh, with the potential to really make some noise next year if they, they get things right. So um, I guess we'll talk now. I mean, we've pretty much gone through most of the NFC playoff field. Save the best for last, and that's Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> they, I don't know. Like they, they are eight and eight, and they are in control of their own destiny to make the playoffs. And yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really I, have I an explanation it. for it. <laughs> I, I hate it. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I hate it. Like I, uh-huh. I mean, yes, it'll it'll make for better ratings, and whoever, if they were to be that seven seed, and face maybe likely you know the team that they lost to last year in the playoffs in the Niners but I don't know I, I don't know I don't I don't I just I don't know I'm sick of it <laughs> <laughs> I, I restore the roar that, that's all I'll say well if if yeah. uh if the Seahawks were Seattle. to win and uh-huh. it doesn't even matter for Detroit it's really just Seattle or Green Bay at that point but yeah I don't I don't know like what are if if they were to face San Francisco, like wouldn't they just lose anyway? I, I guess that's for Historically, any, any seven seed, yeah. really. I guess at this point, uh, Did, yeah. I, I mean, it'd be Green Bay of all teams, really. <laughs> <laughs> it is incredible. I know how they they've won four in a row, and I think like those first two wins over the Bears and the Rams is like all right, whatever. But then when they actually went into Miami and won, it's like uh, this might actually happen. And then they don't just beat Minnesota; they completely wipe them well, off. Dominated. The field. Yeah. This is a little off topic, but 
you know, I was the highest uh, on Minnesota where I, I felt very <laughs> confident in them in being a division winner. And they, yes, they won the division. And I, I think they can make at least, you know, the divisional round, but God, they, they have a negative, don't they have a negative point differential this year? It's, it's, yes, they do. If, if they win, it's a, squ- it's a squeaker. And if they Undefeated lose in one get, score games, they get blown <laughs> out. Like no, not yeah. I mean, their, their closest loss was by 11 to the lions. Like I, they just got absolutely destroyed by the Cowboys and the Packers. And then, I mean, the Eagles game in week two is awful. So I, I saw this crazy stat where if, if, uh, if you were to reverse the result of every one possession game this year, the Vikings would be one in 15. <laughs> That's wild. That's, yeah. Instead, they're going to be the number three seed in the NFC. And yeah, I mean, I, I think that at home, they can find a way to win a super exciting game. I mean, they, they beat the Giants on a game winning six year at field goal. Maybe Who something like that will happen. Possibly again. play in the, it'd be most likely opponent. Yeah. But I agree. I, I can't see them going on a run i really can't see this team going into san francisco or philadelphia or dallas and winning a playoff it's not even just the point differential thing that annoys me with them but it's the way they lost that game again a team that is on the brink of being eliminated and a divisional opponent your biggest rival in Mm -hmm. the division and you 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 come out i know it was on the road and lambo's always tough to play at but you, you get dominated. You, you yeah, get it's not shocking kicked. that they lost. It's the fact that they what lost they like lost? that. And Justin forty-one to seventeen was... with them scoring two touchdowns like in late in the fourth quarter. Like it, it wasn't even that close of a game. And Justin Jefferson had what one catch? One <laughs> catch game? for fifteen yards. Yeah, Jerry Alexander. I mean, he said that week one was a fluke, and that was the exact opposite performance. So big for him, and big for uh, you know that Packers defense. Yeah, that, that was. But. But yeah, brutal performance by Minnesota. But yeah, for Green Bay, I I think uh, if I were to predict, yeah, I think they are going to be the team that ends up getting the seventh seed. Just because, I mean, I, I'm all about Detroit. I'm I'm rooting for them big time this this weekend. But I I, I don't know. I have my doubts. Uh, just going in at Lambeau uh, for them. Yeah, exactly. It feels like a, a tough spot. I mean, if, if the Lions go in and win that game, then that that's huge. Like, what, regardless of what happens in the Seattle Rams game, like, that would be huge for them being able to eliminate Green Bay, finish above 500. Like, that is huge victory season for Dan Campbell and company. Like, you know, everyone involved with that team. Like, the fact that they're in this position is a big victory on its own. But you, you said Dayball would be the very likely choice for coach of the year. If, if the Lions win week 18, and get in. This, then, then Campbell certainly has Campbell a case. Campbell definitely has a case too. Yeah, I mean, it, maybe Dable gets the edge because it's year one instead of year two for him. Right. But yeah, I mean, uh, like <laughs> with the way that the Lions season started, with them like losing all those games, like all right, it's just like last year, but it, it has been a remarkable turnaround for them. And they're another team like the Jaguars and the Steelers who started two and six. They're now eight and eight with a chance to finish above 500 and maybe make the playoffs. I think I saw a stat that it's happened three times in the last like couple decades. And there's a chance that it can happen three times this year. So I just hate crazy. it. Like you, you, you had your chance. You, you were the one seed the last two <laughs> seasons. Like, go away now. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> like you're not going to, I mean, yeah, they won it as a six seed. Uh, they they could. I think they have a better shot of going in, like riding hot on the road instead of being the one seed. 
Yeah, because there'd be there, historically all the how they do it. The pressure wouldn't be on them like past years. So I guess that's a good point. Yeah, I, I, I still hate it. But it, it feels like a long shot. But yeah. also, like you know, could just be that perfect storm scenario for them. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. It should be a fun week eighteen. You know, hopefully, we continue to get positive news about Demar Hamlin and can really just focus on football over these next few days. Um, with that, I guess let's move on to the other football that happened this past weekend will continue to happen, and that's college football. And we're lucky to have one college football playoff semifinal. That's a good game. And this past weekend, we had arguably the two best games ever that we've seen in the college football playoffs. Just two high-scoring, fun games with uh, TCU beating Michigan, Georgia beating Ohio State. And I will say, before we get too far into this, that I barely was able to watch either of these games. So, like, of course, like, the one year where it's, like, worthwhile to watch college football playoffs, I don't really see any of them. You know, I was able to follow along on my phone. I did I did catch the uh, the missed field goal at the end of the Ohio State-Georgia game, you know, right at midnight. But, yeah, this uh, I did have to go back and, like, watch a bunch of highlights to really, you know, take in what was happening with these and... It's frustrating that these games have to be on New Year's Eve every year because if you have any kind of plans that involve not sitting in front of a TV, it's it's tough. And that was the situation I was in. Um, but I still feel like I can talk about them. Were you able to watch the games? Yeah, I, I watched. I didn't, I didn't watch them both start to finish, but I watched a chunk of both of them. And yeah, they're both good games. And I'm always going to be NFL over college football, but I got to say you know, the, the way those games played out and you know, the way the NFL has played this season where I believe like at least half the teams suck. Uh, <laughs> I got to say, there are moments where I think to myself, like, you know, the college product, college football product at times might be better than the NFL product at times. I'm not saying the players are better. Obviously, the NFL players yeah, are more right. skilled. But the product uh-huh. of the games, you know, when you have games, two games like that and then the see how the NFL has gone this year. I don't know. Like that, that was a moment where like, you know what? College football might be, I, I might have to give it more credit than I do. I mean, I still, I'm still college basketball over college football. I'm that will always sure. be the, yeah. be the well, same. March madness. Just, yeah. With March madness. But... It's just, it's just so amazing, but no, it was a good weekend for, for, for those two games. Cause I'll admit, I don't watch any of the, I don't watch any of the other bowl games. I don't watch the, you know, the orange bowl or the, the pinstripe bowl, the honey nut Cheerio bowl. I, I just to- <laughs> totally made that one. Tony up. the tiger. Bowl, yeah. The Tony, yeah. the tiger bowl. I don't watch any of the other bowl games. I don't care about them, uh-huh. but, but I do watch the college football playoff. And yeah, those were, those were two good games. Uh, yeah, it was with TCU Michigan to start out. It was great that TCU won pulling off the upset, but I will say, even though I don't like Michigan, I do think they got kind of screwed by that touchdown or excuse me, non touchdown because I don't know what planet uh, th- where that's not a touchdown. If you, you know which play I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Uh, yeah. Well, apparently planet yeah, earth right. oh. is where it's not a touchdown <laughs> because uh, anyone with two working eyeballs should know that's a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, there's a ton of controversy across these games and uh yeah, I mean, I, I was very much rooting for TCU. I was shocked when they I saw that like they jumped out to a big lead, and then even more shocked when I was like, "Wait, wasn't this game just twenty-one to six? How is it forty-one to thirty-eight? Like, <laughs> when did this happen?" 
uh but yeah i i agree so like there's that um so the the end of the game even the the targeting that they decided to to look at and take away where you know it's like if this happens on any moment other than fourth and ten with less than a minute to go do they pick up the flag and say it's not targeting um yeah so like definitely some some questionable Questionable calls calls that but yeah, I mean, TCU, just a remarkable run. And this is a team that so many people were like, I have no interest in them making the playoffs. Put Alabama in because obviously they're way better than TCU. TCU's no. in the Big 12. They haven't beaten anybody, whatever. No, they- the fact that they came out and had this statement, I think it justifies very much the committee giving them this opportunity. Yeah, it was it was great. I, I With my uh, very limited knowledge of college football, I still believe that they uh, deserve to be in the playoff. And yes, they're a big 12 team and they're not in the SEC and they probably beat, no, not probably, they did beat uh, not as skilled opponents as other teams, like probably like Alabama uh, did, but I don't care. Like they, I thought they deserved to be in the playoff and they really deserve it now because they beat Michigan, mm-hmm. and I, which I did not expect uh, the no, entire time. Even when, the, even when Michigan was losing by what, like three touchdowns i was still saying to myself i still i still think michigan is gonna win this game and come back and it was yeah, trending that way almost did yeah 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 so i mean credit to tcu like blowing that lead like that you know all those uh, jj mccarthy he throws multiple pick sixes in this game and then it's like i'm not gonna throw the ball i'm just gonna run it you know 50 yards downfield and then runs into a touchdown a couple plays later and that really was a, the momentum shift and michigan started to get those points right at the end of the third right at the beginning of the fourth and TCU just they responded. They were able to keep it going, keep the pressure on, keep scoring, keep forcing turnovers, and yeah, I mean ultimately they were able to to pull this one out. So you know, very impressive. Uh, you know, especially year one for Sunny Dykes. I mean, th- this is a TCU team. Like we we are very much you know familiar with TCU over the years. Like this is a team that like a decade ago they were in the Rose Bowl undefeated, beat Russell Wilson, Wisconsin, and they fired the head coach who brought them there, Gary Patterson, last season, middle of the year, and now they're in the national championship game. That like that just feels like a remarkable turnaround by the Horn Frogs. And I don't know if it's all hypnotoed, but <laughs> they they have some kind of uh powers going for them. So um, and then the, the other game, Georgia, Ohio State, that was a tough one for me because I'm not a fan of either team. And I found myself rooting for Georgia, even though I would think I'm more of a like a Georgia hater than an Ohio State hater. I just felt like Georgia was more deserving of a spot in the national championship game, given they were undefeated and didn't get blown out at home by their rival in the last game of the season. So I was rooting for, I mean, not really rooting. I don't really care, but... I was rooting for Ohio State because, honestly, because of how the first game went. Because if if it's going to be TCU, like and Georgia, which is what happened, I mean, Georgia. I don't think it's even a question of who's going to win that game. I think it's just a question Georgia of who's, who's going to cover. <laughs> like that. Yeah. Like the, <laughs> TCU is a twelve and a half point underdog, and, and half, it'll probably okay. be even more uh, by the, when the game starts, and just. At least that, if they were totally Ohio State versus TCU, uh, it's like, okay, been, these are the two teams that we didn't think would make it, but at yeah, least much be more a, likely TCU could win. Yeah, it'd be a much closer yeah. game. Like, and yeah, Ohio State would probably be favored, but it'd be a much closer game, <laughs> much closer line than Georgia TCU. I think as great of a weekend it was for those two matchups, you, you might get a snoozer of a final though, because at it's least if it were possible. if it were 
Georgia, Michigan, like that's a great game. I mean, Georgia would probably still be favored, but they that's Georgia that's did game. just blow out Michigan in the yeah. playoffs a year ago. So, so. that uh, that is a good point, but still, like that yeah, would be I'm not convinced that would be the be most different result, anticipated but... matchup probably. Or if it were Michigan, Ohio State, a rematch. Oh, the I mean, biggest that would have been like the that biggest would be the game biggest, ever. That'd be the most yeah. anticipated game, and so that that uh-huh. would have been a great matchup. But if since TCU won, it's like all right. Well, if it's Georgia TCU, like that doesn't interest me a lot, especially since it's probably going to be Georgia winning that game, and then just the way it happened too, where. The the Buckeyes they drove down the field after because when because when Georgia scores that last touchdown, the, my first thought was all right well this is going to set up for a field goal to possibly win the game and which is exactly what happened but the Ohio State kicker Ruggles ended up uh, I mean it wasn't even, even close, close. <laughs> yeah no, it's, like all it's, the memes it's... of uh, like him setting up the field goal and you see like the Madden meme of like the kicker. Yeah. Just like pointing the kick as far left Pointing the kick a mile to the left. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, that was a a tough, tough ending to that game. And Ohio State was, they were winning most of the game. That's another thing too, is that the way that game played out where Ohio State was winning most of that game. It's like, all right, like I think they deserve it. Uh, yeah, and they also had their, you know, the controversy with Marvin Harrison getting injured in the back of the end zone right, right. at the end of the third quarter. They said it wasn't targeting on the play, and, uh, you know, that certainly was a big momentum shift in Georgia's favor. Yeah, so my so. real rooting interest is I don't care, but, like, I I, I think it would have been nicer if, uh, because of how, because TCU won, I, I would have I rather seen Ohio State TCU just because it'd be a more in- interesting matchup since... Uh, I, I mean, I don't want to say TCU has no chance, but it's just... They keep defying the odds. That's why that's, I'm not that's giving what, up That's why I'm though. not completely counting them out. But just, I'm a big fan of Max Duggan. I, I think he's such a fun player. Like He's one of those like typical like fun college quarterbacks. You know he's not going to do gonna anything have, in the he's NFL. He's not going to have any NFL career, or he might as a backup. But uh-huh. And then you got... You know, twenty-six-year-old yeah, Stetson, Stetson ben, Bennett, the who's like on the other side. I, he's, I think he's twenty-five, but I mean, he, Lamar Jackson's been in the he's league old. for what four or five years, and yeah. I think he's older than him. I'm pretty sure it's yeah. Or I mean, about it, the same Stetson age. Bennett, yeah, they're like the same age range. Like he's the same age as like a lot of established NFL quarterbacks yeah, at this so, point. Oh, maybe he could be Brandon Whedon then. <laughs> Yeah, just, I mean, he wouldn't be taken the first yeah. round or draft, probably maybe not uh, even at all. But I don't think he would be drafted. I I think he'll get an opportunity. I think you know, being a Heisman finalist, I think that this year, like he's definitely stepped up his game and improved as a quarterback, and wasn't just like a guy who was on like the best team ever, like with a loaded defense, but like actually it has like been a big part year. of why. Yeah, no, and I think this year it's been more of a. He's like a key contributor right. to this team so this, being the best in the country. So it's a more balanced Georgia team than last year where it was their mm-hmm. defense was uh, incredible while Yeah, so all those first round, second, third round picks yeah. just insane. So and they they still have plenty of great star talent on both sides of the ball. Like don't get me wrong, it's not like their defense took that much of a step back this year, but uh, their offense has definitely been a, a big part of them being the best team in the country. And I, I think that's kind of another thing with me where it's like, okay, 
yes, I'd much rather see TCU beat either Georgia or Ohio State, but if they're going to lose to one of them, I would be more accepting of them losing to Georgia than Ohio State, just, you know, them winning the national championship in the end. Like, I I think Georgia's much more deserving of winning it all, as much as I don't necessarily want them to win. That's a good point, is that they're the team that has dominated this year, and and they probably they do they would deserve to win more i well i focus too much on the game itself where, yeah which no that's that's totally fair yeah. i get that especially as someone who doesn't have a real rooting interest no. you just want to watch like a good entertaining game exactly. that's a very fair way to look at it and i will say that all of this conversation makes me realize that clemson versus georgia doesn't even come close in terms of which one i hate more because i would not even hesitate to root for ohio state over clemson like i have multiple times in the playoffs like or be like ah clemson is the best team this year they deserve to win the national championship those are not things that i would ever say (laughs) so (laughs) i I think that uh that just kind of affirms that you know that that's a, a much bigger rivalry for me so but, yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited to see how it plays out. I really hope that TCU can keep that high-powered offense going. But, um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, if, if it's a good game, I think that'll be a big win. Um, but I certainly wouldn't be surprised if Georgia just, you know, blows them out. I to, mean, to I mean, I, I always tune into it or, or like, bits of it. But mm-hmm. remember that Alabama-Ohio State one where Devontae had, like, three touchdowns? Oh, yeah, it just, like, like totally destroyed Once you see him. that, it's like, all right change the channel <laughs> yeah. the, like, i'm not even gonna bother with the rest it. of the game like you know who's gonna uh, win so what that's kind of how i'm imagining it but if it's if it's close then i'll keep watching but uh, i yeah, i don't i don't I think it's fair I having mean, a blowout blowout. in the national championship game it's not fun no. because no one wants to tune into that no. so <laughs> it, it is great when you do get those occasional like great games so we'll see anyway i think that'll wrap up the sports talk on this one and we can jump into our top five. And uh, the past couple of years, we've kind of been looking ahead to 2023. So two years ago in 2021, it was like, oh, we're going to get our vaccines. We're going to be able to go places this year. It's like, what are the places we want to go? And then last year it was, well, what are our New Year's resolutions? How do we want to better ourselves? And then I think this year is maybe somewhat of a combination, probably more closer to the 2021 and more things we're looking forward to this year. So not necessarily putting out resolutions that you and I are not going to keep. Hey, I I did a couple of them. (laughs) I did a couple as well. I don't think I did all of them. I obviously did not complete that entire list, but I... Uh-huh. I made sure to get a couple, at least two or uh, maybe three, but I definitely did not get five. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was the same way. I didn't even want to bother to look at it because I'm like, oh, I'm going to be I, disappointed see, in myself. See, I, I remember most of my list. I remember I got two of them. I I, I, I for sure got two of them down. But You went I, to the U.S. Open. I did go to the U.S. Open. But uh, I'm, I'm literally, no, I did not, uh, oh, nice. I did not plan this, but I'm actually wearing yeah. the, the, US, the U.S. Open shirt that I got there. That was not That's planned. Cool. Uh, just happened to be wearing it right now. But yeah, I got I did do that, but <laughs> I did not get a new car. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, and I did not. Yeah. Um, I, I, whatever the rest of the list, I I know I got a couple things down, but definitely did not get the rest of it. Uh, yeah. So hopefully these are things that you know do come true. Right. And, you know, I think in a lot of cases they will. Uh, so anyway, the things we're most looking forward to in 2023 in this week's top five. Not two, not three, not four. Top five, top five, top five. So I realized that we didn't plan who goes first, which we normally <laughs> do. I, I mean, you, you can I'll just go, go first, first in this one. That that works. All right. So 
You're going to hate this answer because it's not really a definitive answer. But for my number five, I went with to be determined travel plans. Now, if you look at the rest of my list, which we'll get to, you'll see that I'll, I do have a couple actual plans, but I don't want those to be the only two things, <laughs> like only two plans I do <laughs> all year. Like, So uh-huh. that's why I added this to as my number five is to be determined plans because I want to do more than those other two things. And, um, you know, I have, I have, uh, so when I was in Guatemala last year with my cousins, we, we talked about how, you know, in the future we can do a cousin's trip, like no adult, even though we're all adults now, um, mm-hmm. we would, it'd be the 20 year old group, you know, cousins, uh, or 30 year old, um, cousins that would, we would travel somewhere like that's just an idea. And then I have past friends at a past job that I still keep in touch with. We've talked about how like we should travel somewhere and, and like out of the country and, and, and not to put you on the spot, but like, what if we went to Vegas again? Or, uh, you know, I, we've talked about uh, like most overrated places, like, or, or yeah, most overrated places to travel to, like, uh, or landmarks like Mount Rushmore or Grand Canyon. Like I I don't have any interest in that, but one thing that would interest me is I've I've been to plenty of Patriots games, obviously, but like, what about, uh, you know, taking a trip to a road game uh, to see another team besides the Patriots or a Patriots road game facing another team. And so, yeah, yeah. Lots of possibilities. I don't want to put anyone on the spot, but like, I just, (laughs) I want to plan something besides Uh, the things I have on my list that you'll see later. It's just, no, and I, I think that's a, a great answer actually yeah. because I like I also was kind of leaning somewhat in this direction. I didn't end up putting just you know two predetermined travel plans, yeah. but it, it was a lot of like I'll get to some of them. But it was more speaking things into existence in some of these cases I, than right. you know. Like, I don't want to say that oh done. I'm gonna do this and then not do it. Like, yeah, I, right. it's just something that I have discussed with other mm-hmm. people or want or think about discussing with other people. And would like to do something besides the yep. couple things I've already planned. That's that's yeah, why no, I, I certainly have some some comments related to what you said that will come up on my list. Right. Um, but uh, you know, I'll get to them when I get there. My number five. This is actually something that I didn't think about adding until right before we got on here. But I've also thought about this so many times over the past several months, and that's. Rule changes in Major League Baseball that are coming in 2023. Like, it sounds like a silly answer, but I am genuinely intrigued to see how much things like banning the shift and pitch clocks and all these things really enhance the game. Is it going to be a significant thing? Like, it's going to make me way more interested in baseball, like, make a lot of casual fans bigger fans than they are, bringing new people, like having games sped up and a lot more offense. It's not just home run, walk, strikeout, because I think there's a lot of possible benefits that will come out of this. So that is something I'm very much looking forward to, especially rooting for two teams that came in last place in their divisions this year. And there's no guarantee that neither of them avoid that same outcome in 2023. This could be something that makes baseball just a little more relevant and a little more intriguing to me as it slowly becomes not that. Yeah, I've told you, hundreds of times that that I'm not as I don't pay attention to the rest of the league like I've like I used to in the past but I still pay attention to my own team I still pay attention to the Red Sox but the Red Sox are very likely going to suck again this year and so because of that I I might 
lose interest completely on baseball. But, you know, if, if these rule changes make the games more interesting and make, yeah, make it more interesting to tune into other teams, then that'll be great. Uh, mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's that's what my hope is from this. And I guess, you know, talking about the Red Sox, did it just extend uh, Rafael Devers' 11-year, $331 million. So rare Heimbloom W, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, was it really Heimbloom, though? Oh, I mean, you're right. I don't know who it was. Maybe it was John Henry being like, you got to do something to keep these guys, you know, these fans around. But uh, definitely glad they did. I mean, if you're going to pay anybody, like he's a guy to pay. Still don't fully understand not paying some of the others before him. But, you know, at least it's a positive sign that they didn't just get rid of him too. Like, you know, Mookie Betts and Xander Bogarts and among others. So anyway. So for my number four. I went with upcoming movies, and when I was looking through upcoming movies in 2023, there are actually like a, a, about a decent amount of movies that would interest me in seeing, like uh, Creed Three or Indiana Jones or <laughs> uh, that that Patriots movie, Eighty for Brady. <laughs> I'm sure that will, I'm sure that'll make money in the New England area, but I don't know if. Uh, the rest yeah, of the country probably. will be that interested, especially the Atlanta area. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think that Atlanta's <laughs> going to have the, a lot of tickets. I, I don't know if that movie will last even a week there. <laughs> I don't know why would <laughs> you even want to go watch it if you're a, if you're an Atlanta Falcons fan. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so there are a lot of movies. And then there's this Gerard Butler movie called uh, Plane that comes out soon that, that would interest me. And then Equalizer. Movie. Th- Wait, what? Sorry, Bar- Barbie movie starring Margot Robbie. <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, I mean, Margot Robbie, she's great. So uh-huh. I could add that to I the mean, list. Could could be interesting. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah, Equalizer three. I I I love the first Equalizer, and the second one. The second one was not as good as the first one, but that was really good as well. And so that would interest me. There are a lot of there are actually a decent amount of movies in twenty twenty three that are coming out that that interests me, and uh, and so that I'm excited to see. So that's why I put that on the list. That's good. Yeah, I know you're you've always been a bigger like going to the movies guy than I am. I I think I'm eventually going to go back to a movie theater. Like it, it was just never a thing for me pre-COVID. It's not like a COVID thing at this point, but I do like the idea of going back to seeing new movies, you know, not just in the comfort of my own home, but you know, as a, an experience sometimes. So I'll definitely need to do a quick refresh, but there, there's certainly some intriguing ones you just went through there. Yeah. Um so anyway, uh, my number four is, you know, kind of along the lines of speaking things into existence more so than definitive plans that I talked about earlier. And that is going to a Steelers game. And this is something that I've been telling myself I will 100% do ever since I realized I was not going to the Steelers Panthers game in Charlotte a few weeks ago, just feeling like I kind of dropped the ball in some ways, but also it wasn't the best situation a week before Christmas, two teams that had pretty low expectations and the ticket prices did not reflect how good those teams were, but I'm committed to going to a game in Pittsburgh at some point. They host nine games next year. So in theory, I should be able to find one that works with my travel schedule. And uh, I haven't been to a Steelers game since 2011. It'll be a full decade at that point or not full decade, full dozen years, like way, way too long. So definitely need to go. Um, and it, it's just a, a matter of, you know, when in that schedule comes out, you know, figuring out if it's friends, family, whoever, and just saying, look, we're going to this game. I got to be there because it's been way too long since I've been to now Acrisure Stadium. 
Oh, I hate that. I still call it Heinz Field. <laughs> there are several uh-huh. fields and stadiums and arenas that I still call it the old names. Like, yeah, I, I refuse to call the uh, crypto currency, uh, crypto, crypto.com. Crypto.com. Yeah. yeah I could, Staples, Staples Center. Center. Uh, I'm still sticking with that. Um, there's, there are other fields like that where I, I stick with the original name. So it's Heinz yeah. Field. Miller me. Park in Milwaukee. They're like, that's one for me. Like American Legion Field is what they changed it to. Like Miller Park really? such oh, a perfect wow. name. Yeah, I didn't even right? know that. Uh, yeah. That's probably like one of the worst changes just because Miller is so much better than whatever that yeah, is. Yeah, I agree. All right. So for my number three, I went with going on the Disney cruise. That is one that family and I have planned where it's me and... Uh, cousins aunts uncles and and i've been on the disney cruise i went when i was much much younger and i'm sure i'm sure i won't enjoy it as much as i did uh when i was eight then 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 28 (laughs) but Uh still going on a cruise i haven't been on a cruise in forever and and the the cruise travels to uh, I don't I don't remember exactly where but I think it's Jamaica and Bahamas or the Bahamas. Oh nice, yeah, good places. Yeah, so like there are there are places where it'll travel to, and so so that'll be fun, and and I'm sure that we'll make like family and I will make plans like not just the cruise but other places like in Florida. As yeah, well, like so. lots of excursions. Yeah, and stuff. so that's something that I'm looking forward to again, not <laughs> probably very likely won't have as much fun as I did like much, much younger, but again, haven't been on cruise on forever and forever. So, mm-hmm. so it'll be fun. Yeah. I, um, I've never been on a Disney cruise, but I went on, I think three carnival cruises in middle school and high school family trips. And I love them. And I, I would love to go on a cruise again. I haven't taken the time to like actually plan one, but uh, that's certainly something I would love to do. Probably not in 2023 at this point, but you know, in the, in the coming years. So, definitely an exciting trip. Uh, so my number three, you know, you kind of talk about your TBD plans. You mentioned going on a trip with cousins, and love to say like the non-adults, even though you're all adults. Because right. I still yeah, the same we thing. Call, we're like, yeah, we're the quote unquote we're the kids, kids table. Yeah, but right? we're even our... though like some of us are like married with our own kids. Right. Like, <laughs> like there are people that are in their twenties and or or all at least in their twenties. Like some maybe a little bit younger, uh-huh. but pretty much all of us are our twenties or thirties. <laughs> so yeah, everyone's at least in college, graduated, you know, like adults, like have four oh one Ks and yeah. Uh, yeah. So for my number three is kind of along those lines, spending more time with my extended family. So in, in particular, my, my dad's side of the family that is in Pennsylvania. And there are some like tentative plans that have been made with, you know, mostly the young adults or, you know, however you want to describe us at this point. Um, with, uh, so I, I went to my, my cousin's wedding in Pennsylvania in November, and when I was there, I found out that she'll be moving to North Carolina, very close to Raleigh, sometime this year. So a bunch of us were talking about trying to get together somewhere. I was like, wait, why don't you all just come visit me in Raleigh? So like that would be awesome if we can pull that off this summer. And there have also been like other talks of seeing cousins in Philly, cousins in New York, and then... Ultimately, um, my family every year for the past few years has done a reunion in the Poconos. We've rented out a cabin, or I guess every other year because we skipped 2020 for COVID and 2022 because of the wedding. But I do think we're going to do that again. Hopefully, it's more than just a one trip. Um, but I, I do 
want to spend more time with those cousins because I only get to see them very so often and they're a lot of fun. I always have a good time with them. And, you know, we're at the point where we can plan our own trips that aren't, you know, required to have our parents there, like, like you were doing with your own cousins. So, well, it's not something like, let me just say like, that's not something that we like are definitely like it's just, it's just yeah, something that was discussed you, you talk about yeah. it and you and it's just like, something this that should happen y- yeah like it's just something want it in new existence like what you just said yeah there, yep. there are certain travels that i would like to speak into existence that's it yeah and i feel like fairly confident the raleigh thing is going to happen because like she's moving here mm-hmm. but you know some people are going to do that whether it's like 30 of us getting together or just like a smaller crowd i, I do think i'm going to end up seeing you know, those those people a lot more often. So I'm, I'm certainly excited about that. So speaking of cousins, uh, my number two is attending a, another cousin's wedding. And even though, like I just said that, you know, travel arrangements for, you know, with just cousins is probably not like, maybe, maybe not will happen. But one thing that will happen is attending a cousin's wedding. Another one that a bunch of family will be attending as well and i hope i get to attend this time (laughs) but this one will be in alabama this won't this Uh, one won't be like in a a foreign country where i'll get covid again and get stuck for get stuck and get stuck there and 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 worry if i'll ever get out or not (laughs) but uh (laughs) and you know another thing is like I, i i think i told you this that you know days before that wedding like my my bunch of us went out like out out and yeah i'm sure that's like that's how i got it or where i got it but uh for this i'd imagine there's a v- much less likelier chance of uh catching it this time and so so uh so yeah i'll be looking forward to that and i think part of the reason why i'm i got invited was because i found out i got invited like you know like days after i couldn't go to this one <laughs> so oh, really? maybe it was like a pity case of uh oh uh-huh. you, oh you couldn't go to this one like we'll invite you to you know this one like all right great <laughs> so nice maybe that's that just a out. you know you know makes up for the last one that i couldn't go so um so i'll that'll be fun <laughs> yeah no i mean weddings are great yeah. uh, i definitely I have enjoy a weddings. few yeah yeah, I definitely have a few to look forward to this year, and that's someone to transition to my number two, but not necessarily weddings, but bachelor parties that I have. I and really going out west because that that's the big appeal to me is uh, I've been invited to two: one in San Diego, one in Denver. The one in San Diego is in February. The one in Denver is in March. So like these are like right away, like very top of mind. And I also booked a trip to Las Vegas in April. So I'm going to be spending a lot of time out West in a short period amount of time. Like it's going to be, uh, you know, very back to back to back feeling, but I really haven't been out West much. I, I've been to Las Vegas. I've never been to California and I'm going to go to San Diego, which is like the place that I would love to go of anywhere in California. Like everything I've heard about the weather makes me think it's like the perfect city in the U S and going out to Denver will be cool not a skier, not like a big snow winter sports fan, but like to be able to say I've gone out there and been in that environment will also be neat. And then just Las Vegas in general is always going to be a fun time, appealing time for me. So definitely excited to be able to go out a bunch of different places on the West coast. It'll be a lot of travel, probably a little bit of, you know, jet lag and stuff, but I think it'll be a really good experience and I'm excited to be able to do all of that in uh you know very very quick amount of time now. Yeah, make sure so. you go to In and Out Burger. 
<laughs> I've been in and out enough that I'm like it's oh, just the, okay. an average burger. Uh, we'll I, see. I've only been in Vegas in and out. I've never been to San Diego. Oh, okay, then maybe, so maybe it's maybe slightly make, better I, I, there. I probably won't make a difference, but uh, I, yeah, I don't know if California and Nevada is that far away for that to be a difference. Yeah, in and in and out it's great. And then the one time I went to San Diego, I was like six years old, and yeah, <laughs> we went to Legoland. If you if you've ever oh heard. nice Legoland yeah I Legoland yes, is actually I, fun. I mean I'm sure it's not not like as an adult now but like as a kid yeah it was no like, I would have loved to go to Legoland as a kid yeah it just didn't happen but it was a lot yeah. of fun as a kid uh so for my number one it's not um any sort of travel plan it's something sports related it is the Celtics and Bruins playoff runs and uh they're both they both have the best record in their sports. Which and so yep. they're very likely going to be in the playoffs, and they both have a legitimate shot of making a run at a title this year. And even though I'm skeptical of of both of them, like both of them, I are kind of untrustworthy, especially the Celtics of late. But if, if they were to if they, if they were to both make the playoffs and go on a deep run, like that'll be so much fun. Uh, like the Patriots in my lifetime, they've won, or just any lifetime, I guess. <laughs> uh, they've won six Super Bowls, and and then the Red Sox, they've won four, and it's so like it's great. They both those teams have won all these championships, but the Celtics and Bruins, they they both have made the finals three times in my lifetime, our lifetime, but they won the first one and lost the last two, and like I. You, I'm wanting more from them, and it's it'd be it's just be fun because they'd be happening at the same time where the Celtics could be on one night and then the Bruins are on the next night, and 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 it's it's just fun to keep track of, uh, and maybe and possibly talk about as well. And so, I think it's a we great. We definitely t- be talking about them on the yeah. Podcast, it, like. it just it'd be a great time if both of them were uh, to make serious runs. So that's what I'm going as number one and. I'm wishing that into existence as well as them uh, making yeah, serious them runs. actually going on runs. Right. Yeah, I and mean, I, I like both of their chances right now. Obviously, it's still early. You know, anything can happen right. these next few months. But they're they're both playing great, and feels very likely at least one of them is gonna you know give give a a real shot at right. you know, winning a championship this year. So, yeah, I um, I I am looking forward to a lot of the sports things this year, but uh, you know, it, not quite enough to put them right in the top yeah, five there are, but, we'll get to them but uh in my honorable mentions but like they're okay i, I, yeah, I mean there's like just in one. general right like, yeah there's a lot of things but uh so my number one though so you mentioned going on a disney cruise this year uh my number one is going to disney world and drinking around the world at epcot <laughs> and this was something that i have been wanting to do for several years now so i went to Orlando for spring break my senior year. So this is five, almost six years ago now. And we went to Universal, but that was the only park we were able to go to in our short stay there. And I would have loved to go to Epcot and done this. And I didn't get a chance to. And I've been saying ever since I'm going to go. And I kind of made vague plans every year. I was very close to going in March 2020. And then obviously that didn't happen. Uh, but at this year, like I, I've talked to enough people, uh, you know, friends from college that are like very much committed to going. And I think we're going to go. I will say we're planning for a weekend at the end of January or beginning of February. We've already had to push that back. So I'm becoming slightly more skeptical. But I do think it's only a matter of time. Like, you know, there's traction there. So 
that's something I really want to do, kind of see how that goes. Like, it looks like a really cool experience. I love Epcot in general, just like a lot of the the cool rides there and like the Imagineering and then all the countries. And I think it would be really neat to be able to say I had a different drink in all 11 of those nations there. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess anyway, you sounded like you had some honorable mentions. Yeah, like, so the honorable mentions, they're, they're ones that I could just put any year. See, like my list. Yeah, which is fair. It's, it's strictly well. I don't want to say strictly just 2023, but it wouldn't be the same every year. <laughs> like some of them really yeah, are. No, I agree with that. And I, I wanted to do the same thing. So. Like, like on my list, it's uh, like the the Masters or the college basketball tournament or or, or football, like the playoffs or or just next season in general or fantasy football. Like that's something I enjoy every year. Like that's something that's every year. Um, yeah, right. And I'm, I'm the same way with that. One thing I I would have put, but I just think it's totally totally unrealistic. But uh, you know Taylor Swift concert. Yeah. <laughs> Again, like that, nah, it's just go. like I don't think it's you know I went to one. That's good. I mean, if I couldn't go to another, that's I, I'll live. But but uh, you know the fact that she's back again doing a tour, like I think tickets just be completely impossible to get. So just. Uh, yeah, I mean that's what it, it's. That's why like, I'm like, nah, I'm gonna all the Ticketmaster stuff. Yeah, yeah, with all the Ticketmaster stuff. So like. It's already hard enough getting good Celtics tickets and Bruins tickets, um, mm-hmm. at, you know, at reasonable prices. So, so I decided not to put it on the list, but that's okay. Yeah, no, and, and that's fair. I um, I consider throwing out Cinco de Mayo because it's on a Friday this year, so it's like a the perfect time to actually do stuff and celebrate. But I was like, ah, and then I, I ended up coming up with other stuff. But I am kind of looking forward to that because that's that's one where it's like. I can get Mexican food on a Tuesday night and enjoy it, but it's not the same as if it's on a weekend and, you know, really going out and celebrating. Right. Um, yeah. And, uh, I guess there's, Oh yeah. So you're also just like things that I normally do in a year, like, you know, other like family vacations and stuff that I'm always going to do. Like, yeah, I'm looking forward to those, but you know, they're only so much different than past years. Uh, Right. I, I like to kind of, Focus on things that I don't do every year, um, you know, or want to do that I haven't done. All the things, all my, pretty much all my honorable mentions are things that like I just do every year anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, twenty third, it'll be a good year. You know, it'll have a lot of similarities to past ones, but hopefully, it'll be, you know, filled with some some fun things that are different than what we are very much used to. So, anyway, that'll do it for this one. So. We'll uh, look forward to the NFL playoffs in the next week. You know, of course, continue to keep Demar Hamlin in our thoughts, and you know, hope for more positive updates with him. And uh, you know, we'll see where things go with the NFL. But you know, it's about to be a very exciting time in the sport of football. So, for my co-host Brian Wells, I'm Courtney Botney. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>